0: Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series.
1: Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator. We know parents and guardians across the district are doing their best and that parenting can be hard. Joining us today are Tina Tamara, Assistant Principal from Andover High School, and Dr. Ben Flannery, Pediatrician and Medical Director for Primary Care at Northfield Hospital. We're going to talk about what teens are facing right now, and we're going to explore what parents can do to support them from information Tina and Ben have received from a variety of parents and teens through their roles and relationships. We're so excited to hear what today's guests have to say and to share with us. Thank you so much for being here today, both Ben and Tina.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Tina, can you tell us a little bit about your journey
2: and how you became an assistant principal at Andover? Absolutely. You know, what's kind of interesting is I knew since I was quite young that I wanted to go into education. I always really enjoyed working with people. I enjoy helping others. But it wasn't until I was starting to look into colleges that I made the decision that education was going to be my path. I was um, a first-generation college student, and I think that goal of wanting to get to college was just instilled in me early on from my parents And then it also became one of my biggest challenges was navigating the system, figuring out how to apply for schools. What did I need to do in order to get there? And so it's interesting because I was trained as an elementary teacher, spent most of my years working at the middle school, and here I am ending up at the high school as an assistant principal. So I guess for me, the biggest thing is just reaching those families and students that can be difficult to reach and also helping give them a leg up to the systems and structures that education and beyond. It sounds like you've had a pretty impressive journey to get to where you're at
1: today with navigating the school system, being first person in your family going to college, and then also with your experience at each of the levels. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Ben, how about you? How did you get to your current role today as a pediatrician?
3: So I went to medical school down at the University of Iowa. And then I did my residency training in pediatrics at Blank Children's Hospital in Des Moines, Iowa. And then I had originally gone to college at St. John's and wanted to return to Minnesota. So my wife and I moved to Northfield, Minnesota, and I took a position there as one of the pediatricians. And then over time, just developed into the role of the medical director for the multiple clinics we have south of the cities for primary care.
1: It's a pretty impressive path you've taken to return back to Minnesota and to Northfield. What would you say, Ben, is the best part of your work?
3: You know, I would say probably the best part is working with kids. In medicine, you know, you can see a lot of sad stuff and talk to people about sad stuff. But when it comes to doing these kinds of things with kids, you'd think it would be even sadder. And sometimes it is, but the kids are always pretty happy, even when they're sometimes pretty sick. So that's one thing that drew me to pediatrics in general, is that... Just being around kids is kind of this positive energy. And also there's energy, whereas kind of seeing, you know, sick adults day to day, I felt like it was a lot more emotionally draining than seeing, you know, kids that are sick, but they're usually still pretty happy and they have tons of energy. So that's why I really like it.
1: Tina, how about you? What's the best part about your work?
2: I'd have to say the same. You know, Ben, for me, the kids are what make my job enjoyable. It can be challenging at times because my role has slowly morphed and changed as I've gone from a classroom teacher to working kind of as a a teacher coach and then into the role of an assistant principal. But I find that some of my best relationships can be made when I have just the chance to sit down and talk and get to know a student or maybe why they made a choice or what the struggle is that they're going through. And for me, seeing that resilience, that's kind of what I'm hearing Ben say too. That resilience is just awe-inspiring and it it makes me interested to find out more about them and their own journey.
1: I love that the most important part about your job, which you both mentioned, is just the relationships with kids. And it sounds like you learn a lot from them and, and get some things from them too. Tina, can you tell us a little bit about the impact that you have seen on our youth because of
2: the pandemic? Sure. You know, I mean Of course, the pandemic has impacted each and every student and family that I've been interacting with myself, but the way that it's impacted them has been a surprise to me because there are some students who, although missing friends and the normal pieces of high school, have really flourished in this model of being able to learn and work from home I think there are some students who perhaps they're more anxious or they just prefer to get the work done and then they're maybe a bit more introverted. And those students have flourished. But I've also noticed a struggle and that's been the most difficult for us to watch and to see how can we support because these struggles can be academic, but oftentimes they're also mental health related or they could be challenges when it comes to the living environment and where they're trying to complete their academics. And so, for me, just knowing that each family and each student is kind of handling and dealing with this pandemic a little bit differently reminds me to try and take each situation and get to know that relationship in order best to know how to serve the student.
1: Ben, how about you with what you've experienced in your work?
3: Yeah. So, I, I mean, essentially being a pediatrician, you know, I obviously am a doctor for kids, but majority of my job is actually just talking to parents. And so, in all the parents I've talked to, who are also struggling through this pandemic. One thing I've noticed for older kids, so the middle school, high school age kids, there was always a subset of kids that would spend a lot of time in their room, and parents are trying to drag them out of their room to socialize with the family or whatever. And unfortunately, during the pandemic, for almost all kids, that's gotten exponentially worse. That they're spending time in their room as they've done school from home. They're in their rooms doing school, and so just you know talking to parents about how their kids are always in their room. And they try to pull them out to get them to do things. And so one of the things I always try to encourage families to do is really make a moment every day where you get them out of their room together with other family members or just with their parents. Ideally, getting them outside so they can see the sun because it's pretty easy to be doing eight hours of school in your room and all of a sudden you realize I haven't seen the sun for four days. So, you know, I've been trying to encourage families to, um, you know, take a moment every day to go outside for a walk, to get outside, to get sun, to get a little bit of exercise. Because naturally, as we do all this school from home and we don't leave our houses, we get used to not leaving the house and that's not healthy for anybody.
2: Ben, you know, I'd have to agree with that. From a school point of view, we're encouraging very similar things. And I think the other part that we've been trying to encourage parents to just be aware of are the added self-pressures for some of those students who are typically our high flyers academically they were perfectionistic, they were doing extremely well, and it's created an added self-pressure for them to do extremely well. And they haven't always been able to get out and just kind of disconnect from the academic part of it. So I appreciate hearing that you're giving that same recommendation. What are some of the questions
1: that you have received from parents or youth in your roles? Because I know, like you had just mentioned, Ben, as a pediatrician, a lot of times you come in for the child, but it's actually the parent who has the questions or is frustrated or needs guidance or support. And also, I think as a principal, too, you have those same concerns when a parent calls you. It's not about themselves. It's about their student, but they have a lot of questions. So, what are some questions or scenarios that parents or maybe even youth have reached out to you about? And how have you responded that may be different now during a pandemic than they have been prior to last March?
3: You know, one of the questions I get, and I think one of the hard parts during this pandemic for everybody, but especially for parents and students, is when is this going to be done? Like, is there an end? And the unknown of it has been, I think, one of the hardest parts for everybody to deal with, but especially parents who are like, am I going to have to? homeschool my kid for another, you know, is this, are we going to be doing this off and on for the next couple of years? Cause I haven't found many parents that really enjoy it at all. So that is one thing that is there a stop date. And I think with the vaccine coming out, the vaccine for coronavirus is amazing. It's super safe. It's super effective. I got mine before Christmas. I'll get my second dose next week and very minimal side effects. That really is the thing that puts an end stop date to this is that if we can get a certain number of people in our country to take the vaccine, things can really kind of return to normal. And then hopefully this is something that we're ready to deal with in the future if it happens again. So a lot of times it's just really kind of managing some of those expectations for parents or with students. You know, when is this going to go back to normal? And knowing that it's going to have an end can, I think, really help get your head around finishing what you're trying to do.
1: I feel like it seems like since it's the new year and the vaccine has started, it kind of seems like there may be a light at the end of the tunnel or that parents can see that we're moving forward. Whereas before, I felt like me personally as a parent, and I know a lot of my friends and coworkers felt the same way where like you had mentioned, it's never ending. When is this going to stop? I don't know what to do right now for myself, let alone my children. So I think that Those are some really great points that you mentioned that parents are still wondering that, but there are some steps that are being taken to have
2: some sort of ending. Tina, how about you? Yeah, well, you know, one thing to piggyback on what Dr. Flannery was saying was that there is also that idea of, are you taking care of yourself? I've had some parents say to me, I don't have the capacity to help my child with this right now. I myself am not doing well. So always that idea of, you know, kind of our own oxygen mask where it comes to can we take care of ourselves as parents first, as a parent myself? I I have to think about that often. And then I would just suggest with students, the number one question I get from a parent is if I am able to help, how can I help them when I don't necessarily know the content or exactly what they need to do each day in every class? At the secondary level, middle or high school, they have six, seven, eight classes. And trying to keep that organized would be a full-time job for anyone. So although this situation is not what we would want, typically my first response is be there. Be there for them mentally. Be there for them physically, emotionally, especially right now. Check in. Ask about school. You don't have to be the content expert. In fact, I don't want you to be. That's not fair to your relationship with your kid. I'm going to encourage you to lean on us. There are plenty of resources available here at the building and in the community. That's our job. Okay, so fierce advocate uh, is one thing. And then also just make sure to take time away, give yourselves a break and spend time as a family the way that you would have before. Because I think when we start to have these lines get too blurred, it doesn't make it a win-win situation for any of us.
3: Yeah, I would I would piggyback on that what you said, Tina. I mean, it's all about we have to manage expectations. And, you know, the pandemic started, it felt sudden when it started, and it slowly evolved. But as we've lost our ability to do the things that we're used to, as we've lost the ability to go places that we, we can as parents and as families, we've slowly lost these abilities to enjoy life that we used to. And so I think we always have to remember that we're parenting. And seeing our kids through a huge, you know, hopefully once in a lifetime pandemic and crisis, and it's okay to give yourselves a break sometimes. So a lot of parents have a lot of guilt. Oh, my kid, they do eight hours of school on their iPad, and then they, you know, then they're playing video games, but they're socializing with their friends. And that's, I think, we have to change our expectations of what we would usually do. And I think the way to help manage that is, okay, so we're doing more screen time, you know, do it with your kid, watch stuff together be together with them because that is the one thing that we can do during this is we can be stuck at home with everybody in our family. And so I think a lot of parents need to give themselves a break. The kids will be fine. They will all be fine. Every study of the resilience that kids have, they will bounce back from this way better than all of us adults will. This will take us you know, many years We'll have, you know, kind of when we get together in groups, we'll have anxiety about it at first for probably a while. Whereas, you know, teenagers, middle schoolers, elementary school kids, toddlers, they're, you know, this is within a couple months of going back to what we call normal, they're going to bounce right back. So know that there's not going to be irreparable damage to your kid. There might be irreparable damage to some of parents' psyches being stuck at home and all, during all this time, but the kids will be all right uh, and they will bounce back. So, um, so a lot of parents just need to give themselves a break and know that. You know, we're changing what our recommendations are and what I want to do as a parent. We have to adapt to that. Uh, And so sometimes you can give yourself a break and that's okay.
2: And, you know, Liz, one other thing there about how can I help my child? Sometimes it's just getting creative. How do you work with them to be able to create social environments and times for students or children, friends, neighbors to be able to come together in a socially distanced capacity? and just get some of that social time, both in the family and outside of. I
1: took away a couple huge things that seem so simple, but actually are not. Giving yourself a break and giving your kid a break, I think is super important to remember as we are going through the pandemic and after when we're finished and things go back to normal or whatever that will look like. Also being there, that could look like, Ben had mentioned, sitting together on the couch as your kid is playing a video game or being there while they're doing their homework, sitting next to them or during dinner. I think that being there could look so many different ways. And especially if you're feeling burnt out as a parent or overwhelmed, you still can be there. Sitting there, asking some questions, just being around your child, I think is very important. And I think lastly, the point that you said, Ben, about kids will be all right. I think as an adult, I forget how Kids are resilient and do bounce back way faster than adults or things that seem like such a big deal to an adult or a parent don't seem as big of a deal to a child. So I think that knowing that kids will be all right and having that frame of reference is really important and a really good reminder for me because I definitely have felt that way of, oh my goodness, my kids are on their computer all day doing schoolwork and now they're on their device all night. Sometimes they're talking to a friend, sometimes they're not. I'm ruining them, right?
3: But then sometimes when they're talking to a friend, you're like, oh, good. They're getting some socialization. I feel good about this decision, even though they're playing Fortnite. I mean, so we have to manage our expectations. We have to change what we expect is the right answer, because that's what we're doing right now through a global pandemic that hopefully is once in a lifetime.
2: I think sometimes
1: that's the best decision I have made all day, (laughs)
2: letting them do that. I had one parent that said to me. The best thing I ever did is I gave my two children that were both secondary age, 6th to 12th grade, the chore of cooking dinner two of the nights a week. And then I take the fifth. And so basically, they said, you know, we pre-plan it on a Sunday, we get all the groceries. And then that's one less thing I have to worry about now that that parent is working outside of the home, but the students are at home. They can get the rice started or they can get vegetables going. And I just thought that was really creative, something that <laughs> I'm going to have to adapt at my house.
1: I think doing some of those things, too, like you said, that kids also are resilient and they can do a lot more than we expect that they can do. I was thinking about that with my own kids with the dishwasher the other day. I'm like, they can do this. They can help out.
0: The Anoka-Hennepin School District understands the value of parent involvement as a key support for student achievement. If you are looking for additional resources or materials to enhance your parenting skills, Anoka-Hennepin has a parent resource center that lends materials on topics such as families and parenting, special needs, a child's development, and many more. Visit ahschools.us prc or call 763-506-1587 to learn more.
1: So I know we talked before the break about some questions that you have received from youth or parents, and we talked about some suggestions of things that parents could do. Do either of you have resources available or recommendations
2: that you have given to parents or youth when they have reached out to you? At the high school level, I would just encourage families whenever you can begin with some free resources right here at the building level, it's helpful because it allows us to sometimes wrap around the student and what their needs are. So for example, we do have free tutoring after school at Andover High School here, but any high school and middle school within the district will have some version of tutoring or academic support, whether that's during the school day or after. Many of us at the secondary level have done that in a virtual format this year, which has been nice for families so that they can just access it straight from the kitchen counter and table if they're struggling. Another thing that I would just remind people about is that we do contract with mental health therapy, and that is something that we could provide while students are here during the school day. During distance learning, some of those have been virtual meetings as well, but when in person or in a hybrid model, we were able to continue those services. Now, that is not something provided by Anoka Hennepin, but it is a contracted employee right here. In addition to that, One other resource that I guess I would say is just to look into clubs and activities. We have a lot of free clubs and activities that could bring in some of that social aspect that we know has been lacking since this pandemic started. And it's just a great way to connect students at a time when they're feeling isolated. Tina, if a parent has not reached out for
1: their student to get academic support or in a club or activity, what would be the best way to go about to find out more information or who should they call at the school?
2: Well, one, anyone. Our secretaries, our support staff here, they're wonderful. And if you kind of tell them the problem that your child or a student is facing, they're able to connect you with who they need to. But an assistant principal, myself, we love to take those phone calls and get to know more. I would also just say that reading our e-newsletters or some of those online, we can update those biweekly and give information that is ever-changing. And then lastly, during this time, we've also been trying to find ways to intervene Is there a way for us to bring students back into the building before we can fully return? And how can we support those that are really critically needing help? So please just reach out, main office line, email or website. I think that that's so
1: important to know because I think sometimes as a parent, we get worried when we call the school that one, maybe we don't know what we need or what we're asking for. And two, that there are so many resources at the school. And a lot of times teachers or administration don't necessarily know that the youth is struggling until a parent brings it to their attention, especially now during distance learning. So I think that is a really great point to reiterate that schools are there to help and call the main line and they can usually direct you to whom you would need to speak to.
2: Yeah. And I would also add, I left out our counselors who are one of our most important people because they really are with a student from the first year that they've entered our building all the way till they graduate. And we have them at multiple levels, elementary all the way up through high school, and they're more prominent at the secondary level. So I would also encourage families to reach out to them. Thank you. How about from your perspective, Ben,
1: what are some resources that you would share with parents?
2: Well, I would have parents and
3: students always think about if they're struggling with schoolwork, they're struggling emotionally, they're struggling mentally to start with reaching out to their primary care provider. I've found, you know, we do a lot more video visits since the pandemic has started and these actually especially for teenagers work pretty well. I'll see teenagers in clinic and I can't get a word out of them and I'll call them on their phone at home and they'll be in their room and I'll video conference with them and they will never stop talking because they're more comfortable. So Starting with your family's primary care provider and then also, yeah, reaching out to those counseling resources for both students and for parents. There's uh, quite a few parents, numerous families that I'll interact with that I really, you know, work pretty hard to get help for the parent because this is a really hard time for everybody. But yeah, so I would start with your primary care provider. Now, most counseling services, whether it's in the school or it's a private group, they're all doing stuff over video conferencing which again, I think for a lot of teenagers who do counseling, it's always hard to get teenagers sometimes to do counseling. But if you can get them to at least try it, especially over a video conference while they're in their own bedroom on their phone, a lot of times that's it's just one step in the door because wrapping your head around doing that, especially when you don't really know what's that going to do for me? Is that really going to help? I don't really want to talk to anybody I don't know. But if you get it started, a lot of times it can have huge benefits. You know, there's not any person I think, in the world who could say that telling a stranger all the things that are in their head that are bothering them or stressing them out, there's not a single person that if they do that, doesn't feel a little bit better. And so somebody's like, well, do I really need counseling? Everybody would be better with counseling. We'd all feel better if we were just able to talk about our problems to somebody who's not a parent, who's not a friend that doesn't have stake in what you're saying to them, but is trained to listen and then you know, kind of help give you good advice. So that's the thing. I would never hesitate to recommend counseling for anybody that ever asks, but it is kind of hard sometimes to get teenagers into it. But sometimes if you just get them, their foot in the door, that can help, that can have huge benefits.
1: It's really important what both of you had said about knowing your child and then also knowing your, the academic, knowing where your student's at, having the conversation with your kid, but also knowing your primary care provider is there and can be a great place to start too, to have that conversation if you don't know who to contact at the school or exactly what support your child does need. And also along with that, I just want to say thank you very much for sharing your expertise with us today. The work that both of you do has a big impact on many people in our community. So thank you for being here. Some things that I think are important as a takeaway is number one, as a parent, to give yourself a break as a youth or a student or a a child also to give yourself a break and to be there and then ask the school for help or ask your primary care provider for help. And then also our kids will be all right. Just continue to show up and do the best that we can each day. Is there any last things you want to share with us as we wrap up?
2: Sure. Liz, you know, I, I read something the other day from a superintendent in a different state, but the challenge that they had given to their community was to start thinking about learning broadly. There are a lot of questions that I receive from parents about whether or not their child is going to be ready for that next grade level or ready to finish high school and move into college. And, you know, have we fallen behind is the big question with this pandemic. And I think that resilience we've talked about throughout today has really shown through with our our secondary students, but also with us as just a community. And so encouraging us to look at learning as far as what have we learned that may not have been necessarily the standard for that class, but all the other things, the technology usage, the ability to interact on a virtual platform, to connect from afar, how are we doing business differently as a school and what can we learn and take from that to create a new normal? And then for our students, in what ways have you seen them grow and mature? I've seen so many parents who have been proud to say that their child who didn't have a job before now is holding two jobs as a personal care attendant. And They're caring for a student with special needs and they're just proud to see that maturity and growth. And I just want us to also make sure we don't lose sight of all of the wonderful things that have come out of this family time or or personal growth.
1: I think the thinking positive and thinking big, we just sometimes do get stuck in what are they supposed to learn in third grade? What are they supposed to learn in eighth grade and the benchmarks? Sometimes we get stuck on that as adults or as parents. So I think the point of thinking big and thinking positively about things that have gone well during the pandemic and the family time and the things that you wouldn't have learned about your kid because they are home for the 6.5 hours a day or whatever instead of being at school has been a unique positive that I don't think we always think about or take away from what we're going through currently, especially if it's stressful or we're not knowing what to do or how to help our kiddo. Thanks for sharing that with us, Tina.
3: Liz, I would say... The one thing, you know, when people talk about going back to normal and when is this going to be done, I think the way that happens is with the vaccine. And so when it's your turn to get the vaccine, I want everybody to jump to get it because, again, it is very safe. It is very effective. The Pfizer vaccine goes down to age 16 at this point. And they're right now extrapolating data and doing studies on, I think, down to 11. So kids will be able to get it, but it probably won't be till you know later this spring or summer when maybe kids or teenagers might be able to get it. But I definitely want parents to start getting it because that is the one thing that gets us out of this pandemic. And hopefully if enough people get it, our next school year can be back to a normal school year without any concerns about distance learning ever again, maybe.
1: That all sounds wonderful. And I think a lot of parents are ready for the normalcy, whatever that new normalcy looks like. And I just again want to say thank you so much for being here today and having the conversation. We want parents to know that they're not alone, that we are in
2: this together.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.